0: Welcome to Gifted Radio Show with your favorite host, Shiny Summon Godfrey. The Gifted is here to vocalize excellence, where we feature men and women of God across the globe to showcase their gifts and talents, the kingdom builders, movers, and shakers. To be a guest on The Gifted Show, email info at shinysummon.com Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Hey, how are you? It's a blessing to be on. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no worries. So, excuse me. So for the broadcast, we're gonna pray and then we're gonna go into the introduction. Okay, I'm gonna turn over to you Mm -hmm. and you'll introduce yourself and we'll just let the Holy Ghost flow from there. I do have curious about your book and your business, so I'm gonna Mm -hmm. ask you some questions and we'll let the Lord lead the conversation. Jesus, we come before your presence tonight. Lord, we invite you into this room at this moment, Lord God. Lord, we ask you to let it be all of you and none of us so that our broadcast, that our lives, that our stories, that our testimonies can have an impact to our listeners, that lives will be changed, that mindsets will be reset. Father, we give you all the praise, the glory, and we tell you thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, woman of God, thank you so much for joining us my amazing co-host, and I'm going to turn over to you so you can introduce yourself to us. Hey, it's a blessing
1: to be on. I am Maya Scott. I am the owner and author of The Blood Blocked. It. I'm from Lowell, Mississippi, raised in New Orleans, Louisiana, the mother of two beautiful kids, and most importantly, a vessel of the Most High God.
0: Amen, and I love that. And even when I read your bio, you said that's the most important part of me. And your testimony is so powerful because you've been through so much. So I mm-hmm. can see why you just say, listen, first of all, I'm a vessel because I believe that you have walked through some things. So, Woman of God, can you share a bit of your testimony with us? Yes. Um. Well, I started from trauma. As a child, I was
1: I was raped at the age of six. And I held on to that for so long, I didn't know how to express that. So I grew with that. My biological dad was abusive to my mother and my sister. So when my mom, to my older siblings, and I'm the as youngest as of five, and when my mom finally divorced him, my siblings, sort of took that out on me so it left me feeling like where do I belong so I'm holding on to this rape that happened to me and trying to figure out where I belong because I don't feel like I fit in and so by the age of 15 I started experimenting with prescription pain pills which led to a 15 year addiction. Um, I was really rebellious against my stepdad because I still wanted to have that relationship with my biological father that I didn't have. And I was looking for love in all the wrong places. So at the age of 15, not not only was I doing drugs, I had my first abortion. And by the age of 16, I was in the street selling drugs. I had my son at the age of 17. And when things didn't work out with me and his dad, I started dating this minister, and he, was, he assured me that everything was good, like God got you and this and this and that. And we dated for a while, and then he was murdered. So that sent me into a deep depression. Like I had already experienced depression, and I was had already tried to take my life by this time, and I kind of skimmed over that part. Like, I just felt like I was messing up. Right. This is before I started dating a minister to kind of step back a little. I felt like I was messing up. My cousins was graduating school and graduating colleges. I had already turned down a full scholarship to Christian College because I just felt like I wanted to be in the street. So I was like, I'm not going to no Christian school. Like, they don't even wear pants here. I'm not going to wear no skirt all day. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had a full ride scholarship to this college. All my other cousins was graduating, and they would get their degrees. And I was just in the street just messing up. I had already had a baby. I'm the only one with a. So I am just felt like a mess up. So I just one day i just kept on taking pills i just was like you don't see what it leads to like right? and i took way over the limit and i went to sleep and i still woke up i think i slept for two days when my mama finally came checked on me she was like you all right up in here you've been in here all day and when i woke up i remember asking god why 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 did i wake up wow why did i why So I knew God had a purpose for me then because my mom did, we did grow up in church, Bible school, Sunday school, vacation Bible school, anything that had going on at church, mama had us in church. My grandma was deeply rooted in church. So it ain't like I didn't know God. I just wasn't in relationship with him. I was in routine with God. I was in religion with God because that's what I was used to. But I'm glad my mama still bought me. Despite of my rebellion, she made me sit up in there because, like the words say, train up a child in a way that they should go. So when they get older, they won't depart from it. So what I needed, what I didn't think I needed, I needed when I got older and in my wilderness. And so... I always knew I was gifted. I kind of skimmed over that part, too. Like, I always was a dreamer, and I always was a seer. I could see things. So I thought I was a psychic because nobody never talked about prophets growing up in church. Nobody never talked about the gifts of the spirit. So I automatically thought I was a psychic. Like, I grew up in New Orleans. I see psychics, card readers. I'm like, I'm a psychic. I know some um, you know, they used to call me Miss Cleo. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, all the drug dealers used to call me Miss Cleo. Mind you, I'm in the street. They used to be like, Hey, Miss Cleo, because I just used to know things. <laughs> I used to know things before it happened. So I thought I was a psychic. So it really started this obsession with me and psychics and card reading and i was really into the paranormal thing i actually wanted to be like a paranormal investigator i was all into ghost hunters and i was just got real deep off into that and so after and i i just thought i was a psychic so just because and i want to say this for my listeners so this can help someone just because i didn't know the difference between a psychic and a prophet and me opening those doors, going to visit those psychics and visiting those card readers and visiting those porn readers. It didn't stop the doors from being open and letting the enemy and the spirits run in and out just because my lack of knowledge didn't stop what I was doing. Those altars I was creating, it didn't stop it just because I didn't know. That's why the really word say my people perish for the lack of knowledge. So just 'cause I didn't know didn't mean I I couldn't suffer the consequences of the things I was doing. So please know the difference. If you out there and you don't know the difference, it's it's a very distinct uh, difference between a psychic and a prophet. A prophet consult with God. A psychic consult with the enemy. It ain't no in between. It's, right. it's two opposite sides, you either on God's side or you on the devil's side, and it ain't no in-between. One works for the devil and one works for God. Okay, so back to the store, I done got off into something else. I'm finna start no, freaking no, now. No, but you're on it, though,
0: because listen, you're on it, and i, and I, and I we're going to go back to that, but I want you to, because I don't believe that God brought you to this spot where you are for no reason, because I see a lot of times that there are a lot of Christian psychics, right? And you just said it. You've been on both sides, right? And you just said it. There's a distinct difference. So question for you, is it possible to do both? Because you already said it, right? But for someone that's in that place and they said, I'm a psychic, but I'm a Christian, how would you address that person? Absolutely not.
1: I would say you're not a psychic. You're a prophet. God gave you that gift. That gift didn't come from the enemy. You're a prophet. You're not a psychic. And my cousin, like, I have a whole family full of gifted people. Some of them use their, use their gift for bad. Some of them use it for the Lord. But, and I see, because it wasn't being told, like, people were being steered in the wrong way. So one of my older cousins, she was a big-time psychic, like, Everybody, and the church people, the, the the mothers of the churches was going to see her. The pastor wives was going to see her. If people had anything on them, they was going to see her. They wasn't consulting, but they weren't going to the church. They was going to the graveyard. She, she, she lived in a graveyard. Her house was in the graveyard. Wow. They was going to the graveyard to see her. You know what I'm saying? And she was in the church. So psychics are heavily in the church. So that's why you really have to be discerning, and it's best to study, to show yourself approved so you can know so you will not be tricked and turned to the wrong side because all our good and perfect gifts come from the Lord. That's what the word says. So you are not a psychic. You are a prophet, a guide. Don't let the devil prostitute your gift for him. Right. Cause that's what he'll wow. do. Don't let the world prostitute your gift for for the world. Use it for God, because He gave you that gift for a reason, and He ain't gonna take it away from you because He gives he, he gave it to you. So I will tell them you are you're a prophet. You you're not a psychic. Wow,
0: that's
1: what I'll tell them.
0: How you said that, and I and I love how you led with your prophet, <laughs> right? You don't just say you're a psychic <laughs> because there's a double <laughs> headed sword right there. Because a lot of times we'll refer to them as psychics, and no, truth be told, they're prophets that they're using the gift for the devil, and now through divination, and now here they are psychics, right? Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. can put a call to a call of repentance by saying, hey, you're a prophet. That means what? You belong to the Lord. So you give that room for them to know that, yeah, you can repent. And if we're not mindful, we can – it's a thin line, right, Yeah. between being a prophet and being a psychic because if we follow people, we can easily operate as psychic. I mean (laughs) – Easily, right? Mm-hmm. So like you said, we have to study to show our self approval on the Lord. We have to we have to pay attention. When we go especially when we go into an atmosphere where we're being used heavily prophetically, that's when we need to be paying close attention because mm-hmm. people start pulling on you and they'll pull on you to the point where you're not even asking God anymore, should I release this? Right? You just releasing every mm-hmm. old thing, right? And from mm-hmm. what I've seen and experienced is not because God show it to you or tell it to you mean it's the right time for you to release it, right? Right. Right. So I I love that you touch bases on that. Because, and me, like
1: should, you said, it may not run. be time. It may not be time to run. release it. It's everything God show you. Sometimes it's not for everybody. Sometimes it's just for mm-hmm. you. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's just showing you because he have showed me some things. And I was like, Lord, should I say something? And he was like, no. I'm showing you this for you so you can know what you're dealing with and you can know how to deal with it. Yep.
0: Yes. Amazing. Wow. How did you bring yourself back, because I know you gave up your truck scholarship and you were still in the street. How did you get to the place where you say, okay, God, I surrender my gift, I surrender my life, my everything to you? How did you get to that place?
1: Okay, so um, after the minister was murdered, um, I moved away. And to, to just clear my mind, and I really started heavily using pills, and I was, like, spending $80 a day. So I went I went down to a deep spiral after that. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to just pop these pills so I feel numb. And I did that for a while. And I finally got a job, got me and my son on our feet. And I started dating another guy. And not even two years later, he was murdered, too. And not only was he murdered, my family wrote statements saying that I murdered this guy. So I'm like Lord Jesus. So I'm sitting in jail on a murder charge now for somebody that I love. I'm like Lord Jesus. Right. Wow. Like, I just keep going from bad to worse. Like wow. I jumped out the jumped out the frying pan and straight into the fire. So I'm wow. in jail, right in the fire. So I'm I'm sitting in jail. And I'm like, Lord, I ain't going to be, I'm trying to stay positive. I'm like, God, I ain't going to be able to do this. They ain't got no lotion in jail. These people won't even let me brush my teeth. Like, the police was bringing me to jail. I don't know if he thought I was playing. I was like, um, mister, could I have a toothbrush? Like, I really need to brush my teeth. That man, like, turned around and looked at me like, girl, you're going to jail for murder. you talking about a toothbrush. Like, I was like, God, this ain't. That's life for me. <laughs> I've been to jail before. Like, I've been in high-speed chases with the police. I have been selling drugs in school. So I've been to jail before, but now I'm sitting here on a big-boy charge, murder. I'm like, Lord Jesus. So yeah. my lawyer was able to get my mom and my grandmother. I didn't know this. I didn't know this then, but my grandma told me later, she was like, I need y'all to go in there and talk to her. She was like, because they finna give her, they finna set her bond so high, she finna have to sit in jail. So the lawyer was already preparing my mama and my grandmother for me to sit in jail. So when when I seen my mama and my grandmother, like I was numb. I couldn't cry. Somebody I loved was dead, but I was numb. Like I was numb. I could not cry i did i I didn't feel anything i I was just totally numb, but when I see my mother and my grandmother in a look on their face, like the look of disappointment a look i never i i never seen that look before, and I just broke down crying like I just keep on taking these women to just everything like I'm just a mess up. Like, ain't nothing going to get right. And they just held my hand. They was like, it's going to be all right. God going to bring you through this, blah, blah, blah. And when I went to court the next day for my bond, hearing, They was treating me so bad in there. I, I was telling the people, I ain't, I did not kill nobody. I was trying to tell them, but, you know, they, they probably hear that from everybody. But I was serious. I ain't do it. So when I got to court, I, my grandma had been praying. My mama had been praying, I'm pretty sure. The people that knew the church had been praying for me, and my grandma's prayer was, God, she don't have anyone to speak for her. Would you speak for her in this courtroom? And, and God showed up. So I was listening to the to the judge give people. The boy, I think the boy had like a attempted robbery charge. His bond was set at three hundred thousand dollars. Like, he was just setting out high bonds, and I'm in okay. here on a murder charge, so I know I'm going to have a million-dollar bond. I'm like, Lord Jesus, help me, guys. So it was my turn. He called me up there, and he let my grandma come stand up there. Maybe she grabbed my hand, like, okay. And the judge read the affidavit. And the, when he read it, he said, it sounds like these people are trying to get this baby. This ain't court now. Get this baby to say something she don't know. He let what the enemy wrote to keep me in jail free me. Actually, wow. what they wrote freed me. So he let the wow. enemy speak for me. My grandma prayer was answered. He let the enemy speak for wow. me in that courtroom. Oh, and God, he, in know, the judge set right. my bond at $10,000. Nobody wow. but God. Wow. Nobody but God. I was wow. out of jail within the next hour. So I was like, "Okay, God, thank you. Uh, I really thank you for doing this. Um, I got to. I tried to start reading my roots. and I, I I I never really go into this part with my testimony, but I am because this is gonna help somebody. When I got out of jail, I had a dream, and I I stated before I was I, I was gifted. I'm a dreamer, and the guy who who was killed. He he was in a dream and he came to me. And I was like, what happened, man? He was talking and he walked outside and they started shooting. And when he came back and I knew he had died, but he walked back in the house. This all in a dream, right? And he was just hugging me, and we were talking, and then we started having intercourse in a dream. And when I looked down at his face, he had more into this demon and I jumped up out of my seat and instead of me rebuking that and praying against that I just was scared like I, got, like a fear went over me and days like days days started passing I started having this experience with this dark entity they used to stand at the edge of the bed and just talk evil about God I couldn't read my Bible I couldn't Pray, and I was just, I was just, I, and I didn't say anything because the first thing I'm, I'm thinking they're gonna think I'm crazy if I tell them this. But it had got so bad I had started scratching the skin off of my ear because when it would talk about God, he like, just scratching my ear trying to get it to stop. So I told my grandmother what was going on, and she got a Bible. She started praying for me, and she was like, "You will have peace." And the thing started speaking. They said the only way she gonna have peace is in the grave. And my grandma was just rebuking it and busy, and I got delivered from that. And I was like, did you believe me? And she was like, yeah, I believe you. I saw it. She was like, God let me see it. And so I was like, okay, I'm still, I'm out of jail on bond. This demon is attacking me. I'm trying to get food from this. So I'm like, okay, I'm fighting this charge. I'm stuck in the house. They were sending the, 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 US Marshals, they had sent the US Marshals to my grandmother in them house. And I'm like, man, if I wasn't here, they wouldn't be going through this. It was just a bunch of chaos. So I asked my lawyer, could I move to Minnesota by my dad while I fight my charge? And she was like, Yeah, as long as you come to your court days. Mind you, I didn't have, I didn't set feet, I didn't set a foot back in court since my bond here and God worked all that out. So but when I moved to Minnesota, the day of my child father had a real bad car accident. His aunt with an eighteen wheeler. His best friend was killed on impact. And my child father was on life support. I didn't know whether he was gonna live or die. He had severe brain trauma. So I'm in shambles. I'm on my way to Minnesota. I'm fighting this charge. My only support with my child gone, I'm like Jesus. I'm cursed. That's what I said. I said, God, I must be cursed for something. I'm cursed. I'm I'm cursed. And that suicide spirit got on me real heavy. My dad stayed across the street from a um from a lake, and I can't swim. And someone was just like, "Go jump in the lake. Just go jump in there. Just end it all. Just end it." And I was like, I, that's what I should do. But I'm looking at my son, and I'm like, who going to take care of my baby? And so God was like, I got something for you. I was like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. So I stopped, taking, I stopped doing drugs in that time, and I just really started to see God. Like, God, what is my purpose? Why am I going through all of this? And God revealed to me during that time that, I was going to speak to the book and he sent me to speak to the book. And he wanted me to witness to people that were broken and women that had been through molestation that was going through stuff. And he even sent someone that was going through the similar experience there while I was going through it. And I was able to minister to her about some things. And when I found out I was free from the charge, when when the when a judge was like, Okay, that' all of you decline to prosecute her, I moved back home. I moved back to the world. I'm like, Yes. I slacked up on read my Bible. I had started back doing drugs and the devil was waiting for me right around the corner. I got in a relationship with my daughter's dad and he was very, 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 very I'm gonna add a, another very emotionally unstable. Like wow. wow. Very like, he would try to kill himself all the time. Like, he would, like, if I would catch him cheating or say I'm going to leave him, he'll slit. he'll try to jump up one time, try to jump out the car on the interstate while we're driving, try to hang himself. Christmas 2017, he slit his wrist. I woke up to him, wrist slit, and he just letting the blood pour over us. But I'm like, Jesus, like... Let us out. Let us out. The first thing I do, grab my baby, try to get out. He was like, you're going to watch us die. You're going to watch me die. You're going to watch me die. I'm like, let us out. I'm fighting. I'm crying. I'm like, Lord, why Jesus? Why me? Not knowing I'm walking myself into these situations. We always try to blame God when we get into things, when we really just walk ourselves right into the situation, when we get in the hole that we dug by ourselves, we want to blame God. So I'm like, why, God? Why me? Why me, Jesus? And it's my fault. And so I pray. And God, he is so merciful. And his grace is really sufficient because he has kept me. I cried out to God. I'm like, God, I love him. And I didn't grow up with my dad. And I don't want my daughter to have to grow up without her dad. But I, this, is, this ain't it. I can't let my daughter grow up in this. Go up in this toxic situation. We fighting all the time. He trying to kill itself and it's just not good. And so God fixed it that I can move, and I moved on from that situation. And I thought I was healed from it. I thought I was healed. Like, well, God, it's been some time, Lord. Uh, it's time for me to move on. So I started dating this other guy, and everything was good, but this guy was like Jekyll and Hyde like he was just this perfect person and then he would swap and be this evil mean deranged person he would fight me talk down on me talk about my kids but i just lost my part i just lost everything when i left my daughter dad so i'm like i need him like i need him I mean my kids ain't got nowhere to go i need his income i'm trying to get back on my feet I had lost my uh, lab assistant license when I caught that murder charge, so I'm trying to get those back restored and get letters written to the state board, and I did get them. That's a testimony. Thank you, God. He restored my lab license, so I was able to be reinstated with the state board, but um, I felt like I needed him at the time, and it was just, like I said, I jumped out the frying pan straight into the fire, And, but during that time, I really started seeking God. I really started seeking God heavily. I wasn't playing. I had stopped doing drugs. Well, God made me stop because one day I took a pill. This is how I got delivered from using drugs. And I started swerving on the interstate. And this, and this is in morning time, get the road traffic. Nobody was near, And I was able to get myself to the hospital. And um, the doctors took me straight to the back. It was like, we gotta keep you. Your blood is really low. I'm getting my blood low. I'm already delirious, and I'm over here trying to take drugs. And while I'm sitting in the hospital, I hear God tell me, "Last time." And I I don't play one thing about it. I don't play with the Lord, cause I know He do not play. And when He said last time, I knew He meant last time. <laughs> I knew he did last time, and so that was the last time. <laughs> that was the last time. And do you know, if I hadn't been obedient to that word, that's when the fentanyl crisis broke out, and a lot of my friends started ODing on pills, and I know I would have been in that number. So if I hadn't been obedient, I knew I would be dead. I knew the fentanyl crisis broke out, all people was ODing on pills, and I knew I would have been in that number. But I I stopped doing drugs, so I really started seeking God, and I had been going through some things because I was dabbling. I started getting into this new age thing. Mind you, I still think I'm a psychic. I still don't know the difference yet. So I started burning sage to clear the energy. Let's get the energy clear in the name of Jesus. Imagine that. I'm burning faith saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, get these demons up out of here. That's what I'm doing in my ignorance. I'm burning faith saying, in the name of Jesus, clear this space, not knowing I'm opening the door for the demons to come in. I bet you Jesus was up there shaking his head like, Lord, have mercy. My child, my child, my child. (laughs) I got crystals. I got crystals outside on a on a balcony, charging in the moon, saying yes, Lord, let you just use these crystals, Jesus, just doing all of that. God. And I was being, it was an experience. I I was being attacked by demonic spirits, and I'm gonna say attacked because they would surround me when it would get night time. I would literally be scared. I used to have have him, I used to be like, don't go to sleep, watch me while I sleep. I was so scared to go to sleep, and it brought this real, real panic on me, and I started having real bad panic attacks and real bad anxiety and started having, experiencing things in my body, stuff was uh, manifested in my body, like sicknesses that I never had. Like, I was dealing with real bad headaches, couldn't drive, Heart problems. I never had a, a health issue other than the anemia in my life. And all of that was through that open door with that sage and them crystals. And I'm squeezing a crystal, like, let all the bad energy go in this crystal, not knowing I'm transferring it right into me. So I contemplated in that time, burnt, checking myself into a crazy hospital. I was like, I am like, I can't drive my car. I cried out to God. I'm like, God, why are you not helping me? Like, why are you not helping me? Why have you forsaken me? Like, every night I go to sleep, I'm being surrounded by these demons. They just surround me. And I will cry out to God. And he is so merciful. And I love him so much. He will come. He will come. This is how I slept at night for a while. He will come. A peace will come. And people will be like, how he looks? He looked like peace. He looked like love. He looked like rest. He looked like light. And he would come and sit on the bed and hold my hand. That's the only way I would sleep. And one night I went into this deep sleep and me and Jesus was in the garden. And me and him was looking down on my body. And it was demon infested. And he had asked me a question and I still cannot remember the question he asked me. And all I know is I told him no. I was like, God, I don't want this gift no more. I'm tired of seeing demons. What is the angel, Jesus? Well, I can't see no angels. I need to see some good stuff, like all these demons is around me. I can't get free. And after that dream, I started fasting. I'm like, okay, I got to get my life together. And God told me during that fast that he wanted me to write. Because everybody be like, Mighty, your life is a movie. Your life is a movie. And I was fasting and asking, should I be with this? God, I was like, God, people do change. He had started taking anger management. So I'm like, God, people do change. So maybe he did change his life and God started giving me my answers immediately. So if you serious with God and you fasting and praying, he won't hesitate to answer your questions. He said, My first of all, your life is not a movie, it's a book. So I went out and got me and I was obedient. I went got me a pen and a paper and I started writing. That's how the blood blocks became came along. And he told me, "No, that's not who you not. That's not who you supposed to marry. Get yourself out of there." So I got myself out of there, and um, I started writing the book. And once I put it out, I ain't think nobody wanted to hear what I had to say. But I was just being obedient to God, and people started giving me their testimonies about how God was using the book, and people were getting free from the childhood traumas and the things they was holding on to. And so I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Like, do what you do with the book. That's when he called me to speak. And I'm like, no, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, you say write a book. Lord, you didn't say nothing about speaking. I'm, I got all these tattoos everywhere, and I don't even talk incorrect English, God. And you want me to speak, Jesus, in front of these church folks? No, Lord. But I didn't know he was calling me some more that he was calling me to speak to the broken. So and this is how I got on that pad and started speaking. And mind you, I still mess up. I still mess up, and I still, I still fall. But with God and His grace, and I know that God died for everything. Don't. I always used to feel like when I get myself right, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get right with God. But Jesus, when they had to die, used to get your own self right. He can meet you right where you at, right in the mud, right in that hole, and he can fix it and turn it around. I'm a living testimony to that. I done been in jail for murder. I done been raped. I done been molested. I done been on drugs. I done been homeless. I done been suicidal. I tried to kill myself. I done been disobedience to God. I didn't have to have a deliverance service and be delivered from demonic spirits. Everything you could think of, I've been through it. I didn't, it's, so, it's nowhere and nothing you can do and nowhere you can go that God can't reach you and turn you around. So, trust God. He can bring you, He can bring you out of it. He can get you through it. And because I didn't know I'm telling you guys, sage is a no-go. That's a door opener. Crystals is a no-go. That's a door opener. Isn't God enough? Jesus don't need all of that. Exactly. Jesus don't need you to burn no sage to get energy out. At the name of Jesus, demons flee. Yes. All, you, all you need is his name. You don't need no sage. You don't need no crystals. You don't need no cards. Yes. You don't need you don't need no yoga, all of that opening up the third eye. You don't need that. Your third eye is Jesus. Your third eye is the Holy Ghost. He gonna let you know. That's your third eye. Tap into the Holy Ghost. He see everything. He see it. He see it all. He gonna let you know what's waiting around the corner. He gonna let you know. Oh, he'll even tell you the colors. She got on a green dress. This, this, and that. That's your third eye. Your third eye is the Holy Ghost. Tap into that. I don't be getting all off into this stuff that we really don't know nothing about. We really don't know the history behind this stuff, and we be dabbling into stuff and not knowing the doors we opening. And just because we don't know don't mean we're we not going to suffer the consequences. I suffered the consequences for those things. Even though I didn't know, it didn't stop me from suffering the consequences of almost losing my mind. I was contemplating going to check myself into a mental facility. I was having severe panic attacks. I could not drive my car. I couldn't drive myself around. I didn't want to be alone. I couldn't sleep at night. I had opened all these doors for demonic attacks for an enemy to attack me because I did not know. And since I did not know, I'm pretty sure it's a lot of other people that don't know. So I'm on here telling y'all tonight: No, that's a no go. All of that is a no go. Time, repent, ask for forgiveness. But any altar that was erected, we cancel it, that it be burnt down by the fire of the Holy Ghost, just turn and repent and just come out of those things. And God will forgive you.
0: He'll forgive you. Amen. I love that you mentioned that. And that explains why your brand is the blood blocked it, because the blood did block it for you in many ways. Tell us, yeah. about your, tell us a little bit about your business and how we can find you. Oh, well, the business came
1: about for me to sell my books and sell my merch. And um, I could be found on YouTube at Maya Scott, M-Y-I-H-S-C-O-T-T, Facebook to say Maya Scott and the blood Blocket it, and at YouTube, not YouTube, at Instagram, at Maya Shantae, M-Y-I-A-H-S-H-A-N-T-A, and my website is com. But my business is, I sell my books on there, and I, um, I have T-shirts, and I see it growing. The Blood Blocked it will be a household name in the name of Jesus reclaiming it. And also a five. I I I want to branch off into a 501c3 because I do feed the homeless once a month, one Friday out of each month, and because that's what God told me to do. So I see it branching off to be a 501c3, a nonprofit, and I just see the blood blocks be going to be a household name. We have merch and books right now, and I am a life coach, but I really don't be doing the life coaching thing because I be so busy. But I see it growing and whatever God want to do with it, that's, that's what he's going to do. I'm open to the move of God with
0: it. Amen. Bless God. And truly, your testimony is powerful. Your testimony have me in awe. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> wow, God. It's just amazing <laughs> to see where the Lord has brought you from. And your website Give us your website because I know I saw your website. Give us your website so we can go and check out your website. My website is
1: com. And while you're over there, sign up for my email list. It'll let you know, like, if I have upcoming shows or my new books that's coming out. I actually have a new book coming out sometime this summer. It's called New Pieces. I have the blood blotting, which is my testimony, and I have sign, which is a book of prayer. It was during a time when I had to go through my deliverance. I didn't really get into that. And it's a book of prayers, and this new pieces is my third book that's getting ready to come out. It's it's a workbook. It's a workbook about getting new pieces. Cause so, for, so, so, for so long, I was chasing those old pieces because I was so broken. And God told me, you don't need to chase old pieces. I make all things new. So you're going to get new pieces. You don't have to chase them old things. Old wine skins can't hold new wine. So I got to give you new. I got to make you new. And so that's how new pieces came along. And I I know God is going to use it to bless people. And I just can't wait. I can't wait. I don't have a release date yet. The editor still has it, but it's in God's timing. It's in God's timing when it's going to be ready, but it should be out 20, 2023. It'll be out soon.
0: And congratulations on that. And, well, my God, thank you so much for being on with us. Can you pray us out before we go? I sure will. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I just
1: ask that you watch over each and every one of our listeners, whether they're listening now or going to listen later, God. I ask that you lead us, guide us, and protect us, God. Lord Jesus, we silence the voice of the enemy that's speaking through our minds, God. Lord Jesus, we bind any attack of the enemy that's trying to come up against us back to hell. Lord Jesus, we ask that people be healed and set free, and that this interview be a uh, seed, sown, so you can water with God. Lord Jesus, I ask that you cover each and every one of us under your blood, send out our and angels and our warring angels to war and minister on our behalf, Lord Jesus. I ask that you watch over our kids and everyone connected to us, God, Lord Jesus, give us clarity on situations, God. Lord Jesus, give us peace in the midst of our storms, God. Lord Jesus, and give us patience as we go through our seasons, God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the new pieces that are being added to our life, God. Lord Jesus, thank you for the many testimonies that are going to go forth, God. Lord Jesus, I ask that you comfort each in every person under the sound of my voice, God, and that you walk
0: with them and be with them, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Bless God. And to my gifted family across the globe, remember when life applies pressure, we shine, that there's a diamond in you if you just let the Lord use you. Until we meet again, shine on, diamonds, shine on. Thanks for joining Shani Salmon Godfrey here on Gifted Radio. For more information visit www.shanysalmon.com. You can support Gifted Show by sowing a seed. For more, email info at shaneysalmon.com.